I'm Banning Air, and you're listening to Season 6 of the Afropop Close-Up Podcast, where we go beyond the music into politics, religion, history, and culture. In this episode, I speak with an innovative music educator and a superb Congolese guitarist who works with him. The World Music Method is a unique online teaching tool that offers pre-recorded and live instruction in a wide range of global music arts. First, a little background. I've played guitar most of my life, and since the late 1980s, I've delved into playing Congolese music, which is quite a rigorous and demanding guitar style. I generally learned directly from musicians who had high expectations and could grow quite impatient with rhythmically challenged Americans. As I got better and began teaching guitar, I found myself on the other end of the equation, all of which made me interested in the best way to teach music that is normally not written down and for which there's no established pedagogy. So when I discovered the World Music Method site, I was curious and dove into a set of lessons by Congolese guitarist Niwel Tsumbu. As you'll hear in this podcast, Niwel is a superb and patient teacher, the site's interface lets listeners rely on their own strengths. You can see both hands individually, read either standard notation or guitar tablature, loop sections, slow things down. Basically, you can learn in the way that works best for you. World Music Method is the brainchild of British musician Ed Bateman, who spent a good deal of time playing bass with bands in various parts of Africa and who gigs frequently in the UK. I reached Ed and asked him how the site started. About four or five years ago, I was thinking about if I ever get too old or bored of gigging and touring and, you know, these long five-hour drives to gigs up in the north of England and getting back at six in the morning, I thought, you know, if, if I can't sustain that lifestyle forever, maybe I could be a teacher. Ed began modestly setting up an informal studio. Well, it wasn't even a studio, it was an oversized garden shed, set up some cameras, amps, drum kit, had a few guys from Congo, another guy from Senegal, and we played some examples. I talked about how in West Africa, Central Africa, and Southern Africa, you could play the same 1-4-5-4 chord progression, but the bass would be very different. Let's show how the bass varies in three different parts of Africa. I put that on YouTube, you know, just for fun. And uh, now it's got half a million views. And straight away, I started getting emails, people saying, oh, can I have Skype lessons? And you know, people from all over the world were contacting me. Because I think at that time, that was one of the first African-based videos, instructional videos that went into YouTube. From there, things moved quickly. Ed began producing filmed courses, first in African bass, but before long, in other styles using other instructor artists. Fast forward to today, and Ed's World Music Method website is providing an impressive array of recorded courses and live master classes. One of Ed's great discoveries as he looked for global musicians who could also teach was Niwel Tsumbu, an exceptional guitarist from the Democratic Republic of Congo. I grew up in Kinshasa, born and raised there. And the town where I'm from is a kind of the cultural center of Kinshasa, really, Bandar. It's very musical place, very arty place, very open-minded. 
I mean, I grew up with all music of Congo, Sukus and Rumba in Seben. Just behind my house, there was like one pub. And then on the side, there was another pub. Then on the other side, it was like a church. So these pubs, they play music all the time, nonstop. And in the morning at half five, there's like the church, loud. So I grew up in this kind of just vibrant and loud environment. We're talking the 1990s here. And beyond Congo music, Newell found older musicians to teach him jazz and other styles, including traditional Congolese music. He came to Europe, to Dublin, in fact, in 2004, and stayed. That's a long story, but jumping ahead to today, Newell still lives in Ireland, where he composes, performs, and teaches many styles of music, not just Congolese. But as anyone taking his online courses will quickly discover, he has a firm grasp of Congolese guitar throughout its evolution, starting back in the 1960s, when the two biggest guys were Luambo Macchiadi, Franco, and Nicholas Cassanda, Dr. Nico. Nico, you could argue, is more influential than Franco, because Nico's sound world guitarists use right now. The delay effects, Dr. Nico started that. In fact, he used to hide, put his back so that people don't see how he's setting up his sound. His sound was so special. And he was sophisticated lines, kind of jazzy, you know. Stuff like that. Doing this kind of... In really melodic, you know, and chromatic lines, but with incredibly exquisite, even now it sounds so modern. And then there was Franco, who typically plucked the strings with both fingers and pumped out bolder, brasher lines. Franco's guitar was very powerful. His lines were memorable, more memorable than Nico. You know, like the classic... Like that where everybody would just, you know, get get going. And he was extremely loud. Like most people that were in his concerts, the Franco's guitar was extremely loud. <laughs> and when Franco's band TPOK Jazz was in full flower in the 1980s, Franco had three or four guitarists behind him. His sound always stuck out, not just because it was loud, but because he used those two fingers to speak in parallel lines a sixth apart. The use of the sixth, that's completely Franco. completely Franco. Nobody else ever did that. In a YouTube video about the history of Congolese guitar, Newell starts in the 1970s, the heyday of Zyko Langa Langa. Zyko is the holy grail. In the 70s, there used to be a lot of this kind of octave. It was always there. Like, nearly every line would, would have octave. 
But that's because of you know why. Because of West, you know, West Montgomery. If you listen to music of Congo from the 70s and the 80s, you would hear always this kind of thing, you know. That's a very, very, very famous line there from one of my favorites of Congo. His name is Hoxi Chimpaka. If you go to the 70s and 80s, you would hear a lot of this. But then, in the late 80s, there was a new band that came younger again called Wenge Musica and their guitarist is also one of the, the best. He was more a younger guy so he was more into running around the stage, you know, dancing and running. The thing about this old stuff, you can't really dance, it's hard. Even today, if I'm playing with them, I have to really focus. It's like... You can see there's lots of movement, so you can't just be dancing and playing this, you know. Uh, but then there was the younger, he was more into dancing and running around the stage. So he would start like... Which is... Which is more kind of in the old style, but then eventually he'd come into something... like that you see it's just one place so you can run around the stage and jump up and down as much as you want so now if you go to Congo you would hear a lot of this kind of line coming back to teaching I asked Newell what was the biggest challenge he found in teaching African music to Westerners? His one-word answer did not surprise me. Rhythm. <laughs> Rhythm. It's baffling for me. Rhythm. Well, I bet it's also baffling to many of Newell's students. Face it, we in the West simply do not learn complex rhythms from an early age, which means they're much harder to learn later in life. Listen to this line by guitarist Popo Lipo of Zykolanga Lanka. Newell teaches this line in his intro Seben course. He describes it as the most straightforward on-the-beat Suku Seben line he can think of. What do you think? just so different. I have to explain a lot. But the good thing about the world music method is you can slow it down and that really has helped. Otherwise, just by ear, it's really tough. You can say that again. I played in Congolese bands in the 90s in Boston. We're hearing one of them right now. The band was called Songkai. 
I tell you, my teachers were not always as good-natured and patient as Noel. They often said, "Don't worry if you get the notes wrong. Just don't lose the rhythm." <laughs> I'd be sitting there trying to figure out fingerings and notes, and you know where my hand should be, and wait, does this one call? And going back and fixing. The idea of keeping time through that was just completely alien. But our band Sankai ended up sounding pretty good. The thing is, people have to dance. It's all about the rhythm. Rhythm has to be steady. Getting the right notes, really nice sound, good sound. It's like the icing on the cake. The groove has to be steady. You don't slow down. You do not slow down. Oh my God! I mean, some of my friends, my drummers used to hit people. It's brutal. I, there was one of the guy. He got rid of his brother. His brother was a guitarist, and then people weren't dancing to his line. He just got rid of him. He's like, oh, he's not good anymore. He's not making people dance. He got another guy. You know, he got rid of his brother. Those lines, those guitarists go through hell to find some of these lines. For one line that you're gonna play, let's say in recording, there's gonna be all the band members sitting there looking at you. Okay, what are you gonna play for the same for the first line? What is it? You know, make us dance. So it's this is that pressure. So for one line, you need to bring ten lines because they're gonna go through those lines and find one that's good. <laughs> As soon as this line started, people just jumped. One guitarist I worked with in Boston said a lot of the competition and discipline comes from young guys' experience in the Congolese army. That pumping bass you hear on the fast seven section that ends the song, they called it Marche Militaire. That's the interesting thing about the army. If you hear the seven, the drummers, they do that's that coming from the army. They always use this beat when they're marching. So now it's kind of standard seven thing where You thought Congolese music was all happiness, fun, and freedom. (laughs) One big joyride. Well, think again. But you know, if you listen to Congolese music today, you'll notice it's a lot less guitar-focused. So I asked Noel what he saw as the future of Congolese guitar, and his answer was interesting. I don't want to say that the guitar is gone, because I want it to come back. But the funny thing is, I'm actually hearing more non-Congolese people playing Congolese music better. I don't know how those older guys like Roxy and Pepe Feli, all these, the guys that are, I don't know where they learned their technique because they have really good technique. But the young guys now, the technique is not there. Congolese people, because obviously the political situation and people don't have much time to practice. I personally really do notice the lack of technique I noticed that the music is not really expanding. 
But the Europeans that I've seen or non-Congolese I've seen, they have better techniques and then they also grew up with the music. It's also their traditional music now. It's not like 50s, 60s, it was just Congolese who played it. But now there's people like Ed, a lot of these guys here, they, they play jazz, they play this music, they play that music. Then they also learn Congolese music. They, they're playing a very, I know few guys in the UK that are just killing. For Newell, Congo is up there with Spain in terms of guitar prowess, and he's not alone in bemoaning its apparent demise in Congolese music. The fact that he finds hope and encouragement among non-Congolese guitarists should give all of us aspirants hope, and of course, that's where things like the world music method come in. Meanwhile, Newell is charting his own path forward. I leave you with one of his original songs. This is Mindule. Thanks to Ed Bateman and Noel Sumbu and the World Music Method for forging a new path in global music education. And personal thanks to Felico Chikala, Edu Chondo, Chibangu Kadima, Leif Todesekin, all the guys from Rumba Africa, Freestyle, Kolomboka, and Sankai, my Congo music compadres from Boston in the early 90s. This Afropop close-up was made possible by a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts. But to keep this series going, we need your support. Please visit afropop.org and make a donation. Every dollar counts. For Afropop Worldwide, I'm Banning Air. Mamá, mi ngongo lo cola.